Over the past few weeks, we've been treated to many stories about the environment, some of them depicting cataclysmic, almost apocalyptic versions of the future of our planet. And I'm sure that by now we are all very clear that we must try to do our bit in protecting and fending off the worst-case scenarios that have been put before us. But I have noted among some activists and commentators a dynamic of fear about the future. And maybe it is somewhat warranted, given how so many upheavals in the natural world are causing many hardships for flora and fauna and human society in many often poorer parts of the world. But I say that fear is only somewhat warranted. Fear is a tool to get world leaders and the peoples of the world to act decisively has, I believe, only limited value. Pessimistic doomsday scenarios, I think, are not really that helpful because fear has a habit of paralyzing us. Now, the opposite of pessimism is optimism. But that attitude might not be that helpful either. While pessimism looks at the way things are and conjures, conjures up and fixates upon the worst-case scenario, thereby stirring up fear, optimism looks at the way things are, even when they are terribly dire and bad, and tries to get us to focus on the best-case scenario, which could lead us to become complacent. When things are bad, we are called as Christians to do something about it. Not to be crippled with fear, nor to sit back and say, oh, it'll be all right. Neither pessimism nor optimism really deal with the reality as it is, no matter how bad it might seem. Instead, I would always encourage hope. Hope is not optimism. Christian hope is forged in the midst of adversity. When faced with hard things, Christian hope is a decision not to panic, not to fear, but to trust in the Lord and to get busy being part of the remedy, whatever the particular problem might be, whether it be the environment, the cause of the unborn, other abuses of human rights, the neglect of those who live in chronic poverty and deprivation, and any other massive issue that afflicts our world in these present times. Hope looks at the way things are and decides to trust that God is still in control and that he has given each of us a part to play in being part of the solution. He's got the whole world in his hands, so we shouldn't panic, we shouldn't fear. He put you and me in this world, so we should not shrink back from doing our bit to clean up the mess we have made of things for generations now. And by mess, I don't just mean the pollution of the air and the waters, but the many ways in which we have allowed sin to destroy the fabric of society and to severely harm our souls, souls sought out and redeemed by the blood of Christ. If human hearts were less polluted by greed, anger, hatred and such things, 
then our beautiful planet would be less polluted too. A spiritually healthy humanity will help bring about a physically healthy planet. In the Gospel and the first reading, we hear of terribly difficult times. In these days, on the media, we hear of earthly upheavals and of the great shaking of entire nations under famines, natural disasters, warfare, and how could we forget the pandemic? In God's Word today, we are told about cosmic upheavals, movements that shake the sun, moon, and stars. Now, these are perhaps to some frightful images, but to the man and woman of faith, they are no surprise. And what might shake the nations into fear should shake awake the believer into action, into prayer, into living through difficult times with resolute hope, hope that moves us out of the paralyzing thought, I can't do anything about this, into rolling up our sleeves and doing something. Maybe you can't do very much to save the whales, but can you help the bees out? by planting a few more flowers in a window box. Maybe you can't directly save a child from abortion, but can you pray, sacrifice and support those who make that their life's mission? If we really believe in Jesus Christ, we will have confidence in the future, no matter how difficult some problems seem, whether for us personally or for the whole world at large. We are told we must save the planet. And it's good and virtuous to do our bit to protect what Pope Francis calls our common home. And there is much good we can do to alleviate this problem and many others that beset our world. But as we hear that call to save the planet, let's never forget that Jesus has already saved it. He has already won our salvation. And I'm sure that the more people live according to his teaching, the better off the whole planet and each and every creature upon it will be. God created this world and he holds it in being. And as human beings, we are tied to this world, even though we wait in hope for the life of the world to come. Until then, while we are here on this earth, we are called to care for it and to try to leave it in a better state than when we entered it. But all this one day will come to an end. Jesus tells us heaven and earth will pass away. Now that fact does not give us the right to not care for the world around us and for its inhabitants, humans included but it gives us a perspective that goes beyond this world and this life only. Many terrible things have happened on this planet and to this planet, but many beautiful things have happened too. And first among those things is that God himself lived and walked and died on this earth. The earth is precious because it was made by God's hand. And it is even more precious 
because this earth's soil has soaked up the blood of Christ shed on the cross. We are called to look to the future neither with foolish pessimism nor blind optimism. We are required to look to the future with hope. The ultimate future which Jesus alerts us to in his teaching today is his return at the end of time to make all things new and restore all things to the balance and beauty of God's original intention. For some, the second coming of Christ at the end of the world is a fearful prospect. But for the one who has faith, our attitude is completely different. In the third Eucharistic prayer, we hear these words as we look forward to the coming of Jesus. We look forward to it. As we take note of all the evils which afflict this world, both the physical and moral evils, let's always remember these words we hear at every Mass. Let's make it our prayer. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. 